have uh, any questions or anything from last week's um, lesson as far, as far as what we were looking at with the um, uh, evidence that just really kind of um, supports the, that the Bible is the Word of God? Um, anybody, questions or comments or anything about that from last week? Nothing? Okay. All right. Well, let's kind of keep, keep going then through this. Um, this series, uh, again, just kind of looking at um, how important the Word of God is in our life. And um, last week we were looking kind of at um, the reliability of the Bible, how, how reliable it is. We can trust it. Um, it, it does not have, uh, there's no errors in it. Um, uh, the Bible records mistakes that people make, but the Bible itself uh, is without error. Um, and so let's look at this next point here. We're talking about the durability of the Bible, the durability of it. In other words, it's, it's lasting, right? Um, and so go with me to uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. And notice what Paul says in verse number 15, Right? And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus, right? So thinking about this idea of the durability, the, the, it's, it's um, durable, it's lasting, right? What is this verse here, what does this help us to understand about the Bible? Think, think about what he's saying here. It says that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Miss Rachel? To me, the part of it says that we as parents need to teach our children about what God's work is and the importance of God's work as their child. Sure, yeah, absolutely. There's no doubt about that, the importance of parents teaching their children the Word of God, right? Um, it's very true. What, what else, though, that really kind of shows us the durability of it? Anybody catch in here? Miss Leah? Okay. It's, it's being passed down, so, like, the parents learned it, and then they're passing it on to the children, and the children, and then the children. Okay. That's true, right? Yeah. Okay, right? Uh, we obviously want to teach our children the Word of God so that they know how to put their faith and trust in Christ. Um, so, and that's, that is true. That's all in the verse. But let's take a step away from that, right? Um, let's take a, a step away from parents and, and teaching, the, although that's all in there. It's not, that's not where I'm looking at. Brother Corey or Miss Don? Okay, um, it's true. It's very true, Miss Don. I'm thinking more of like when you think of going throughout the entire life, it is a something that's there and is needed through every stage and every like the duration of your life is kind of where. Yeah, that's very true as well. Yeah. 
I mean, every, every stage of our life, the Bible is sufficient for, for whatever we're going through. That's very true. Ms. Emily? Yeah, no, that's very true. And that's why we have Vacation Bible School. That's why we have uh, classes for children because young people can learn the Word of God as well. And that's what he, te- he tells here to Timothy. From a child, you knew the Holy Scriptures. From a child, you were taught these things. And that's what brought you to salvation, right, is, is the Word of God. But here, here's the thing. This is, this is kind of the direction I'm wanting to go with this. He says that from a child thou hast known what? How did they know they were the Holy Scriptures? Because the only way that Paul is able to say this, right, the only way that Paul is able to say that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures, and again, I, I know the emphasis here is, is on the parents teaching the children, and, and everybody was hitting all over that, and that was really good. But how did they know what the Holy Scriptures were? How did they know what the Word of God was? Unless God as he has given his word, has promised to do something with it. Because the scriptures that they are referring to here, the scriptures that Paul is speaking of here, is not the New Testament. The scriptures that Paul is speaking of here are, is what? You guys are on it. If it's not the New Testament, it's got to be the Old Testament, right? <laughs> it's the Old Testament, right? And yet, what is he saying? Paul is saying he is giving validity. He's giving evidence. He's saying that what Timothy was being taught through the scriptures is the word of God. These are not just man's ideas. These were not just some religious prophets or whatever. These things were the words of God. And this is why when we think about the durability of Scripture, we cannot, and again, if you've been in some of our Bible classes and things like this, you know there are really four, four things we, we mainly focus on when we talk about the Word of God. The first thing, in order to have the Word of God, you have to have what? What's the first thing? Anybody know? To have the Word of God, what's the first thing we have to have? What is it? No. What? Revelation. God has to reveal himself to man because without God revealing himself, there's no way we could figure it out, right? There's no way that we could be able to figure out what happened in the beginning, even though man has tried to, without God revealing himself and saying, hey, this is what I did. I spoke it and it all came into being. That's how it happened. We would have no way of knowing that unless God revealed it to us, right? We would have no way of knowing what God Uh, who God is and what his plan is and things unless God reveals himself to man, right? So the only way that we can have the word of God is first through revelation, God revealing himself, God revealing truth to man, right? Then the second way is what, Brother Jeff? Inspiration, right? As God reveals it to men, then God uses men to do what? Write it down. 
right? God uses men to write it down. That's inspiration. Uh, That's why the Bible says, holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost, right? Paul says, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God, right? So you have revelation, God revealing himself to man. Then you have inspiration, God helping man to write it down, right? Writing it down on tablets of stone, writing it down on papyrus, writing it down on animal skins and scrolls. They're writing it down. That's the inspiration. What's the third thing? Preservation. Because if man writes it down, but it's not preserved, what good is it written down? Preservation. God has promised to preserve his word. That's why Paul says that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures. These scriptures that were written thousands of years previous, Paul says there is absolute certainty that they are the word of God and it is the holy scriptures that lead you to salvation. It wasn't a religion. It wasn't the the, the Pharisees. It wasn't the Sadducees. It wasn't a religion. It was the scriptures that led to salvation, right? And again, we're not really going to get into all this, but what's the fourth thing, just for fun? What's the fourth thing? Anybody know? So, revelation is God revealing himself to man, right? If you've never done a study in this, it's a really amazing study, right? God revealing himself to man, right? Inspiration is now man writing down what God has said, right? We have the inspired word of God, right? And then after they've written it down, God says he's going to preserve it. We're going to talk a little bit more about that in just a second. So, there's preservation. God's saying that. Even as Paul is telling Timothy, you had the word of God, right? You had the word of God. It's preserved. We can say that we have the word of God. Why? Because God promised to preserve it, right? And then the fourth thing, after it's written down, anybody know what the fourth thing is? Anybody know? I know some of you know. Light bulb. Trying to give you a hint. Illumination. You thought the light bulb was the, yeah, the light bulb really was the hint. Light bulb, illumination, right? No, il- illumination, what is that? As we are reading the word of God, the Holy Spirit works and illuminates. He helps us to understand his word, right? So God is involved in every process of it so that we are able to know him and what he, what he wants and what his plan is and what his desire is, right? And so as Paul is writing this, he says that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures, He says, I know what you were reading, what your parents were teaching you was the word of God. There's no doubt about it. It was the word of God, which was able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ. And again, the only way that that, the only way they could confidently say, we have the holy scriptures, we have the word of God, is if God preserved his word. And that's why he says in Psalms 119, 89, forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. So let's look at a little bit here about the, the words being preserved, right? God's words being preserved, okay? When God gave his word to man, he preserved them. Now, and again, this is really interesting. God uses men to write it, right? So God reveals himself. God says, Prophet Greg, <laughs> Prophet Greg, you're going to write this. And God uses him to write what book would you, the book of Greg, <laughs> the book of Greg, I'm not sure what doctrine is in the book of Greg, but it's, <laughs> it's the book no one reads, yeah. so God, God uses the Holy Spirit to speak to Greg, and Greg writes these words down, right, he writes them on a scroll, or he writes them on parchment, or whatever it is, and so God uses him to write these words, 
right? That's what Paul did. That's what Moses did. That's what David did. That's what Solomon did. That's what all these guys did. God spoke to them, and through the inspiration of God, they wrote these words down, right? Then God uses men to inspire, to write them. But here's the problem, and this is where it's really interesting. God uses men to write them, but God does not use men to preserve them. Now, man is in the process, God uses men there, but God did not tell men, okay, you've written it down, now it's your job to preserve it. You know why God didn't do that? Because we would have messed it up. I mean, look at what's going on in our society today. They are trying to destroy the word of God. They're trying to come out with all kinds of different Bibles and things like this. They're trying to destroy God's word. Okay? They're trying to make you doubt. Well, God, did God really say that? Did God really mean that? Right? And so to make sure that God's word was kept pure, God does not give man the responsibility of preserving it. In fact, if we go to uh, Psalms chapter 12, verse number 6 and 7, he says, The words of the Lord are pure words as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. So God promises that he's going to preserve his word, right? And when God makes a promise, he keeps a promise, right? And so that's why he says we can know that, we, that the word of God will be in every generation. Every generation will have his word. In Deuteronomy 29, 29, he says, The secret things belong unto the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed... That which has been revealed, that which God has shown to us, right... They belong unto us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. So it said, God says, I've given this to you, and I want you to have it forever. I want you to have his, my, my word, and I want you to be able to know that it's my word. Okay? And again, we're going to talk about how that the world has tried to destroy it and things like that in a few minutes, but we have to understand this process that God uses called preservation, to preserve his word, so that every person can have the word of God. Look, it doesn't matter what language a person speaks, they can have the word of God. And, and here's the thing that we have to, <laughs> I know sometimes that, I'm not sure why we do this, but sometimes we think that um, the Bible was written in English. And so if a person doesn't read English or doesn't have uh, a King James in English, then somehow they don't have the word of God. Look, I, I firmly believe that the King James is the best translation in the English language, but here's the thing we have to understand. English is only one language out of thousands in the world. It's only one language, right? It was not written in English. In fact, it was written in three different languages, written Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic, right? But God didn't preserve the language. He preserved his words so that no matter what language it is translated into, we can confidently say we have the word of God. God's words are still here, right? God's words are pure. And so what God wants us to have, he's given to us in his word. And look, John tells us this, and even here in Deuteronomy 29, he says the secret things belong unto the Lord, right? John tells us there are many things that could have been written that were not written. He said, if, if everything that Jesus said and did and taught would have been written, he says, the, the world couldn't have contained all the things that were written. There's just no way, right? I mean, 
we, we, can, we can study Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and, and all the, the things that Jesus did and said and taught. And we've been studying those things for 2,000 years. Can you imagine all the things that, he, that weren't recorded that he said? Good grief, right? But he said what he has revealed is for us so that we can know him, so that we can know what he wants for us. That's why it is so important that we get into his word, that we're in the Bible, right? Because it's preserved. Um, and again, this, this theme of God preserving his word is all throughout scripture, all, all throughout it, right? Uh, Isaiah 40, verse 8, the grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. Forever, he says, right? Um, and what's really amazing is what Isaiah recorded, when Isaiah wrote this, this is around 800 BC, right? So 800 BC, when Isaiah writes this. Go to 1 Peter chapter 1. Isaiah chapter, or excuse me, 1 Peter chapter 1. Look in verse number 24. For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away, but the word of the Lord endureth forever. What is Peter saying? Peter is quoting Isaiah. Something that was written 800 years before, Peter still had it. Now again, as Peter's writing, Peter's writing, when he writes this, he's writing in Greek. So again, it's, it doesn't, it's not going to match up word for word, right? And that's why you see it's, it's a little bit different because one is written in Hebrew, one's written in Greek. But he's quoting from Isaiah. It's the exact same verse. What Peter is saying is, look, what God told Isaiah 800 years ago has been preserved, and I can tell you the very same thing today. And 2,000 years later, I can tell you, the, the flower withereth, the, the flower fadeth, and all this, but the word of the God shall, the, it shall stand forever. God's word will endure. Why? Because God promised to preserve it. All throughout Scripture, we find this preservation of the word of God. Jesus reaffirms it over and over again. He says in Matthew 5, 18, Verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. The preservation of the word of God is how we are able, how Paul was able to tell Timothy, from a child that has known the holy scriptures. You know what the young people are being taught tonight in all the different classes? The holy scriptures. The word of God. How, how can we confidently claim that we have the word of God? Because God promised to preserve it. God promised to preserve it. No matter what language, it doesn't matter if it's Chinese or doesn't matter. Brother, my brother Matt is, they're working on getting a translation of, of the Bible into Lukonzo. Um, have they ever had a translation in Lukonzo? Not Lukonzo. No Bible. There, there, um, in the tribe that I worked with on the east side, the, the Bugisu, they didn't have a Bible in their language. They would have to use the Buganda Bible, the Luganda translation, because there's no Bible. And that one's not even really a good translation. There are languages all over the world today that do not have the Word of God in their own language. That's sad. Because this is what God wants them to know this. God wants them to know who he is. It's important. 
Don't you think? <laughs> it's God's word, right? Um, and so God has promised to preserve his words. And we can even see this through some of the, uh, some of the manuscripts and things that God has used um, uh, that we still have uh, even today. Um, we're going to look at a couple of the manuscripts and things here. Um, this is, again, the, the, the number of physical manuscripts that exist today on the Bible are absolutely overwhelming. It's unbelievable how many manuscripts of the Word of God are in existence today. We're talking about ancient manuscripts, okay? Um, there's no other, no, no other ancient book has more evidence today than the Bible does from all the different manuscripts and things. This is really interesting. In a 1988 Times Magazine article titled Religion, Who Was Jesus? There is a, this is written by a skeptical author. His name is Richard uh, Osling, and this is what he writes. How reliable are the Gospels? Aside from a few brief references in other ancient documents, the New Testament is the only source of information concerning the most influential life that was ever lived. Scholars generally, generally agree that the four Gospels were written within 40 to 70 years of Jesus' death on the cross. In addition, existing copies of the New Testament are far older and more numerous than those of any other ancient body of literature. This is from a guy that's skeptical about religion. This is a guy that's skeptical about the word of God. But yet he says there are more uh, copies in existence of the New Testament, far older and more numerous than any other ancient literature that's been written. You can, you can actually look at copies of these, uh, of these uh, manuscripts in different museums and things. Brother, uh, many of you know Brother Jim Alter up at Grace Baptist in Sydney. Um, Brother Alter is working on a on a Bible display, and uh, when he has it finished, I'm going to have him bring it down, and uh, it's just absolutely fascinating, all the different things that he has uh, about, about the Bible and different manuscripts, and now, obviously, a lot of it's in Greek and Hebrew, and you can't read it, but it's just really amazing to look at it uh, and to see what, what all went into it. It's just, it's fascinating. It would, it would take up this whole stage uh, up here with it, um, but this is interesting. At the age of 16, there was a man uh, by the name of Martin Bodmer. Uh, he was Swiss-born. He started what would become one of the best collections of early books and writings. Um, at the time of uh, his death in 1971, he had amassed 150,000 works in 80 different languages. This guy, I'm telling you, either he was really bored <laughs> or he was really smart. Right, 150,000 works in 80 languages. In 2003, um, the present-day Bodmer Library of World Literature opened in Cologne, Switzerland, showcasing his collection of rare and valuable books. I mean, th- there's, a, there's a museum of this guy, right? Among those items is a rare copy of the Gutenberg Bible. It looks like this here. Um, as well as some of the earliest manuscripts of the New Testament that have been found. Again, this is just fascinating. So they, they come up with all these different manuscripts, uh, many of them written on papyrus, some of them written on scrolls, uh, many different things. And then they try to label them, and then they'll, they'll go through and translate them, see how accurate and things that they are. They, they, they titled them P66 or Papyrus 66, right? So again, this is, these are ancient things, right? Um, this is what P66 looks like. Anybody be able to read that? Nobody? Well, I can tell you what it says. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. 
You say, does it really? I have no idea, but you, know, you don't either. <laughs> I could have made you think that, right? Anyway, um, this, this, um, this document actually here contains most of the Gospel of John. That's why I actually started with John chapter 1. It's most of the Gospel of John. Um, and it's dated just one century after the time of the original text. It dates from about 200 A.D. This is the Gospel of John on papyrus from 200 A.D., right? Um, there's another document here in here. Um, it's called P72. It contains the earliest found copy of the epistle of Jude and Peter. Um, the books appear to have been copied by the same scribe. The handwriting has been a, uh, assigned to the third century. Think about it. Jude and Peter. Copies of them in the third century. Um, there's another document, P75. It's dated between 175 and 225 AD. It's the earliest known copy of the Gospel of Luke. One of the earliest of the Gospel of John. So on this is you have the Gospel of Luke and the Gospel of John in this, in this manuscript here. I mean, just unbelievable. And yet you can actually go and see that today, something that was written almost 2,000 years ago. Now again, it's not, the, it's not the papyrus that God has preserved. That's not what I'm trying to bring out. What I'm trying to bring out is God has promised to preserve his word. God has promised to preserve his word in every generation for every people, right? There's another guy by the name of Chester Beatty. He's a British uh, mining engineer. He purchased a copy of papyrus from an Egyptian uh, dealer in the 1920s. His collection includes more uh, or three more of the earliest surviving Christian writings in the world. Uh, there's one called P45, uh, which contains part of the text of the gospel of, of, of the gospels and the book of Acts. Um, this is P45 here. It has the gospels on it and the book of Acts. Um, P46, uh, again, I don't know why they number the, these things the way they do, but P46 contains the letters written by John, or excuse me, by Paul. This has Romans, Hebrews, First and Second Corinthians, Ephesians, Galatians, Philippians, Colossians, and First Thessalonians. Now, again, it's not all right on that paper right there, okay? <laughs> if you're thinking, man, how do they get all that? Those, one letter equals a whole word. No, that's just one, this is one pa- page of it, right? Um, this is uh, just one piece of it. But think about that. All of those letters, all of those letters that Paul wrote, from the, the letters to Rome and First and Second Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, um, all of that, right? Um, P47, the oldest known text of the book of the Revelation. The book of the Revelation. And again, these are things that you can, we can go and, and so often we, 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 have a, we have the word of God in our hand. We have a copy of it. We have multiple copies of it. And yet we don't even take time to open it up and read it. And yet God has not just given it to us, but he's promised to preserve it so that we can have it, so that we are able to teach our children so that they can come to know Christ as their Savior. Yeah, Corey. Loconzo? Yeah. When they translate a Bible over to another language, do you guys see the word grow immensely or do you see it, the, the drastic change? 
Right. And, and even, at the, even especially in the early days, a lot of people don't even read. They don't even know how to read. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the literacy rate is not high. Um, and so that's why you'll find even like when, um, when you go to many times a, a third world country or something and you give out gospel tracts or you give out John and Romans or something like that, if somebody has it and they can't read it, they'll take it to someone who can read and say, read this to me, this was given to me, read it to me. And so you'll actually find, and you, you can watch them, um, you'll find group four or five people gathered around one person that knows how to read, listening to them read that to them. Because they want to know what it says, but they can't read. And, and so, again, in a lot, especially in a lot of your villages and things, you have uh, a high um, illiteracy. They, they don't know how to read. Um, and even if, you know, the, again, they're translating it in Luconzo and things, um, you know, it's, it's wonderful. And there's a lot of young people that are, they're going to school, they're learning how to read and things like that. Um, but a lot of the older people, they have, they'll have to have somebody read it to them um, because they, they don't know how to read. Um, one of the reasons why we have Bible programs on our radio stations as well, so that people can hear the Bible being read to, read to them. What would you say the literacy rate is? I don't, I don't even know in Uganda. Yep. Yeah, it's not. It's not easy. And translate from the King James back into their language. 
And like he said, you know, there's a lot of words in other languages that they're not there in that language, you know. We, we, you know, talks about, the Bible talks about, you know, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be, you know, they shall be white as snow. What's snow? No, you can't do white as a sheep. Sheep are, sheep are dirty over there. So how, how, do you, how do you translate that now? There is no word for snow. Now, where Matt's at, Matt is, in a, Matt li, uh, is actually working with a group of people in the mountains where they actually have snow. So they have a word for snow. But over on my side of the country where we were at, nobody knows what snow is. There's no word for snow. So how do you translate that? They don't even have a word. No, I think that's good. I, I don't think a lot of people really understand the process. You know, um, even uh, when you go back and, and look, as as you see how even it was translated into English, uh, the 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 different translations that came about. You know, a lot of times people think, well, the King James that was just the very first translation that they had. No, it wasn't. There were multiple translations in English before 1611, right? Um, and we're we're going to talk about a couple of those maybe if we have time tonight. Um, but it's a, it's a long, arduous process. Um, and so now think about this. So now, obviously, we have computers and we can print and, uh, you know, you can, you can copy and paste and all this kind of stuff. Uh, and, and you could go to a copier and you could print off, really, you could, you could print off a Bible on our copy machine back there in no time, right? That's not print as far as a copy machine. This is print by hand. So imagine having to, again, that's, that's what the whole purpose of the scribes were. The scribes were to make copies of the word of God. That was the full-time job for them because of how they had to do it, the process that went into it, how they had to write it, the numbering system and everything that they had to make sure that they didn't make a mistake. If they made too many mistakes, they had to throw the whole thing away. I mean, it was an arduous process when you're talking about having to write it by hand. So think about this. When, when Paul is telling Timothy, thou hast known the Holy Scriptures. Now, again, we don't, know what, we don't know how much they had of the Old Testament. We don't know what Timothy had, what his parents had. But to have anything, to have anything would have cost quite a bit. That's why many times they would go to the synagogues because people could not afford copies themselves. 
So they would go to the synagogues, and that's where uh, the priests or the rabbis would have the scrolls, and they would open the scrolls and read the scrolls and teach people because it was so hard to have a copy because, man, it's, it's all by hand, and it'd take forever to write it, right? And, and again, you can go to the bookstore. You can order these online. I mean, you can go anywhere in, in America and get a Bible within a couple minutes. I mean, most of us... Most of us can pull out our phone and we have Bible apps on our phone that we don't even have to have paper anymore. We just, we just have it all right here. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. I mean, we have it all on our phones. We have such access to it. And I think because we have such access to it, it has cheapened it. They would literally die for a copy of the Word of God. Tyndale and these that would try to translate and, and meant if you were found with a copy of it, you could be in prison or you could be put to death. Just for, not even for having a whole Bible, just for having portions of it. And yet we have the complete Word of God. Ah, if I get to it, I get to it. If I don't, I don't. Not a big deal. And yet there are countries around the world that don't have anything. Language groups that don't have anything. It's Terry. I saw the two Bernard friends that were in the Bible in the Yeah. Right, yeah. Mm -hmm. On the printing press, yep. Yeah. Right. And that was a huge thing compared to having to write. Mm hmm. Yep. Yeah. Right. Mm hmm. Yep, very true. Um, let me show you one more thing here, and then we'll have to wrap it up for tonight. In, uh, in Cambridge University in England, uh, there is called a Codex um, Biza, and it basically it dates from the 5th century. And what's really interesting about this, it, it not only does it contain the gospel, uh, it contains the gospels and uh, the book of Acts, but it has a really, really unique feature. Uh, and again, this is 5th century, right? Anybody notice something unique about this? <laughs> I, I wouldn't expect you to, actually. No, not the verses. What's that? No. It's actually in two different languages. Well, I can, I can tell. Can't you tell? It's very obvious. That's two different languages right there. In the 5th century, this is really interesting. This, this is one of the earliest... Um, um, manuscripts that actually have its parallel. In other words, on one side is Greek and on the other side is Latin. As you know, as like some, if you can get like a Spanish English Bible or a Russian English Bible or something like this, this is this is a Latin Greek parallel Bible, fifth century. 
That's, that's pretty amazing, right? Um, and uh, it's, it's the only complete book um, within the manuscript is the book of Luke. Um, but it's just, um, it's just, it's amazing. Uh, they, they were able to do that even back then. Um, and so again, we, we are just, as Miss Terry said, we're, we're spoiled. Um, we have it and we have, um, I think because of the access to it, it's so easy to have, it has cheapened it to us and it's not important anymore. It's not valuable. Um, when you have countries, you have people, um, you go out to some of these villages, uh, some of these countries, they've never had a Bible, and you go and take them, just the, just the John and Romans, and they will treasure that thing. They, I mean, it's valuable to them because it's the Word of God. And God, God has preserved it, and we can be thankful that we are the recipients of the preserved Word of God. But yet, there are so many that do not have it. And that's why it's, it's important for missionaries to go. Um, you know, that's why it's important for those that are working with Bible translation, things like this. Um, you know, down in Milford, they, they do work with Bible translation and things like that, trying to get the Bible uh, translated into other languages and things. Um, and, you know, sometimes it's like, well, you know, oh, well, we have it, so we're, we're, we're good with that. Um, I'll be, I'm going to be honest. I'm glad that those that had Greek... <laughs> weren't just good with it in Greek. I'm glad that somebody had a desire to translate it into English so that a couple hundred years later we could have a copy of the Word of God and we could read it as well. So, amen. That's good. Um, All right. We're going to have to stop there tonight then. Anybody have a quick question real quick? A quick question real quick? Yeah. All right. All right. Well, let's go and have a word of prayer. Father, do